Hello, I'm Eddie French, and you might recognise me from such icy news noises as... <coughs> Daddy! And who could forget... <coughs> well, the good news is, is that I now have my own podcast. It's called Pick Scraped, and it is a fortnightly sketch show uh, made entirely by me. So if that sounds like the sort of thing you'd like, go to wherever you get your podcasts and listen to it. Thank you. Pick Scraped. Hello everybody, Sam here. Just a friendly reminder, if you're enjoying the podcast and the ICU Facebook page, we could really use your support. Every share and positive review helps us out enormously. But you can go even further than that, if you like, by signing up to our Patreon. You can join Club ISY from just £2 plus VAT a month, and in return, you'll get early access to every single story and podcast. And you can even earn exclusive content like compilation episodes and ICU stories that you won't find anywhere else. And if you don't fancy paying monthly, you can now sign up on an annual basis and save 10% on the cost of your subscription. Your support is the only thing keeping this endeavour going, so if you're enjoying the page and show, do please consider signing up at patreon.com slash ICU stories. As always, I'm eternally grateful for all of your support, and I hope you enjoy the show. You're listening to IC News, the only network bringing you the stories from across the multiverse. The Prime Minister urges the EU to take action to ease Brexit tensions in Northern Ireland, with all the self-awareness of a man who wakes up alone and then angrily questions just who's shit the bed. President Biden calls on the military in Myanmar to relinquish the power they seized in last week's coup d'etat, in stark contrast to his predecessor Donald Trump, who has reportedly written to the new regime to ask them if they've got any tips. Matt Hancock says the movie Contagion inspired his pandemic response, which should give you some sort of indication of just how many deaths he's actually aiming for. And finally, Jeff Bezos is to step down as the chief executive of Amazon in order to spend more time with his money and concentrate on guarding his cavern full of gold from treasure-seeking dwarves. Hello and welcome. I'm Sam Gore, and you're listening to another episode of IC News. I was working as a waitress at a cocktail bar when I met News. We turned it out, shook it up and turned it into something new. And now it's here for all of you to enjoy. You'll be getting the hottest stories not just from our own reality here on Earth Prime, but also from across the multiverse. So if you're a new listener, make sure you carve out a 25-minute hole from your diary every week so that you can thumb in the lacklustre softie of your new favourite podcast. We start this week with some sad news, and the death of one of 2020's chief protagonists. Sir Captain Tom Moore became one of the most iconic figures of the public fight against the pandemic through his fundraising efforts. Earlier this week, after his short fight against pneumonia and following a positive coronavirus test, he passed away in hospital surrounded by his family. It's a tricky story for a satirical podcast to cover, which is why I'm not touching it with a fucking barge pole. Here's Alison June-Smith instead. Captain Sir Tom Moore was a hero in the truest sense of the word. In the dark days of the Second World War, he fought for freedom, and in the face of this country's deepest post-war crisis, he united us all. He cheered us all up, and he embodied the triumph 
of the human spirit. It's been five days since the death of Captain Tom, the 100-year-old veteran who inspired a nation in one of the bleakest years of the 21st century. Last year, at the height of the first wave of the pandemic, he raised nearly 33 million pounds for charities that support the NHS by walking laps of his garden. And holy shit, is it going to be nigh-on impossible to squeak any kind of comedy out of his death for the sake of this podcast? Fuck you very much, Sam. You're a real asshole, you know that? I'm just going to set my stall out early here, okay? I'm not going to poke any fun at Captain Tom himself. The dude became a beacon of British goodwill and decency at a time when it was desperately needed, and there's no nugget of humor worth mining to be found in his passing whatsoever. That's as true for him as it is for any of the other victims of this disease. Each and every one of them leaves behind a grieving family and an empty chair at the dining room table, and every one of them is a life cut short that will be deeply missed. And oh my God, Sam, I hate you so much. <sighs> so, I'm not going to have a bad word to say about Captain Tom himself. What he achieved was incredible. And there are already far too many sanctimonious assholes out there. Everyone's a self-declared COVID marshal these days, and the worst of them have been picking apart Captain Tom's last few days in search of fault. Yes, he went on a family trip to Barbados over Christmas. And no, international travel may not be the wisest call in the middle of a global pandemic. But the guy was a fucking century old. You get offered the trip of a lifetime at that age, and it's not exactly a chance you can put off until the timing's better. If I ever hit a hundred, you better believe I am heading to Cancun and I'm doing lines of blow off of strippers' dicks until my heart gives out. Pandemic be damned, yo. You're going to have to wrestle my wrinkly, coked-up old ass out of that nightclub. And Captain Tom went nowhere near that far. All he did was enjoy a bit of sunshine with his family. And he did it in line with the rules that were in place at the time. Do travel decisions like his potentially risk further cases and strain on the NHS? Sure they do. But come preach at me about that shit when you've raised 33 fucking million for the service. I know it's not exactly in the spirit of his fundraising efforts, but Captain Tom paid for that shit and then some. For 33 million, I'd expect to be shitting on a gold bed pen every time I pass the hospital. Not just when I'm sick, either. That's just one of the many reasons that this guy was a better person than I am. So let's leave the man aside. May he rest in peace, and we'll focus instead on the other ugly aspect of his passing. The rank fucking hypocrisy with which Boris Johnson has rushed to make political capital out of his death. On Wednesday, he encouraged the country to take the streets and clap for the memory of Captain Tom. Now, I completely accept that it's a moment of national grief, and people have the right to mark the moment in a way that they see fit. If it felt right for you and you paid your respects by taking part, that's your decision and I can respect it. But personally, 
I just can't help but to feel the best way to honor a man like Captain Tom is not through a well-meaning, but ultimately meaningless gesture. The best way to honor him would be to fund the fucking NHS properly in the first place. Make no mistake, Boris Johnson would love to normalize the idea of the British public fundraising for a service that they're already paying for as taxpayers. This would allow him to dodge the unpopularity of future tax rises, and it would mean his conservative pals can keep asset-stripping the service and outsourcing expensive contracts to private hands. But our National Health Service should not be dependent on the support of charities. Our ability to heal the sick should not be propped up by pensioners running their own personal ninja warrior courses on social media. And perhaps, most importantly of all, we should not be taking lectures on how to honor our treasured dead from the very man whose grotesque incompetence has killed so many thousands of them. They want to make you believe it by piggybacking on Captain Tom's memory. But the conservatives are not the party of great British sacrifice and generosity. This particular bunch of Tories are a bunch of shameless fucking pirates, and the party as a whole have systematically undermined the NHS for years now. Boris Johnson wouldn't walk a couple hundred laps of his garden to help any one of us. At best, he'd cycle a few miles to cheat on whichever wife he's with at the time, and that's about it. The hypocrisy is exhausting. I can't blame anyone for needing a break from it. I'm Allison June Smith, and I don't know about you, but I'm booking a holiday to Mexico as soon as this shit's over. Reporting for IC News. We discovered that too many care homes uh, didn't really follow the procedures in the way that they, they could have, but we're learning lessons the whole time. Over in the US, we're only a couple of weeks into Joe Biden's presidency, and opposing him, the Republican Party continues to be divided. While some in the GOP are clearly desperate to move on from the toxic political legacy of Donald Trump, he retains a stranglehold on the party ideology, and nobody embodies that death grip better than new congresswoman and too outrageous to be believable villain from a Stephen King novel, Marjorie Taylor Greene. In the past, she's denied both 9-11 and school shootings, and has also voiced support for QAnon's most extreme conspiracy theories about Democrats, as well as engaging with questionable online discussions that called for the literal murders of her political opponents. House Minority Leader Kevin McCarthy this week refused to strip her of influential positions on two committees, so Democrats instead forced a vote that saw her unceremoniously hoofed off both of them. While some Republicans crossed the floor to support the motion, most of the GOP quietly bemoaned the Democrats' refusal to just shut up and play nice with people who would happily see them all killed. It's clear that conspiracy theory and misinformation in the American political system is here to stay. There's only one voice at the network with a passion for conspiracy theory, and it's the one screaming in the back of the paranoid mind of Danny Sutcliffe. He's got the key to the Dimensional Gate this week, and he's been travelling the multiverse to explore the darkest corners of Marjorie Taylor Greene's conspiratorial fantasies. Hey pal, thanks for this one, my mate. It's been far too bloody long since you've given me an assignment I can really sink me teeth into. This shit, though. This shit is my jam, dog. Sorry, did you just say that shit is your jam? Don't overthink it, Sam. You'll ruin your toast. 
Well, this is possibly a record time for you going off the rails. <laughs> you bet your ass it is, mate. This is Marjorie Taylor Green we're talking about. We're not just off the rails. There never were any rails. Anyone claiming they've seen rails is a deep state Satanist and a child-killing paedophile. The truth will set you free, Sam, and also probably get you kicked off a committee or two. See, now this is why I worried about giving you this project, Danny. There's a lot to unpack with Marjorie Taylor Greene, and you are more than a little, well, let's just say susceptible to hysteria when it comes to conspiracy theories. Well, of course I am. What's not to love? Joe Biden's been president for over two weeks now, and I'm already fucking bored. Where's the intrigue, the drama, the plot twists? I need the dopamine hit, Sam. The thrill of the wild accusations. The pure, unadulterated high of witnessing the batshit mental. There's only one place I can get that now, and it's no longer the White House. It's MTG, baby, and she's got the establishment running scared. I think she's got most sane people running scared, Danny. She's a QAnon-obsessed gun nut who sincerely believes that Hillary Clinton flayed a child's face off in order to get high on the fear juice produced in its brain. That's not an exciting personality trait in a lawmaker. It's pure insanity. You've not got a single shred of evidence that Frazzledrip isn't true, Sam. Yeah, that's really not how evidence works, Danny. Well, tell that to Anthony Weiner's laptop, Sam, because it's got footage of Hillary Clinton peeling off a child's face on it, and that's the truth. Danny, every device Anthony Weiner has ever possessed has ended up publicly embarrassing him. I'm pretty sure he couldn't own a Tamagotchi without the police finding dick pics on it. I think if he'd been caught in possession of a video like that, we'd all have heard a little bit more about it. Not with Hillary Clinton murdering police officers to cover her tracks, you wouldn't, Sam. So a total lack of evidence becomes evidence in and of itself, does it? That seems perfectly logical. You just don't want to hear dissenting voices, Sam. Where's Biden's unity in all this censorship, then? Answer me that! Well, it's a little hard for Democrats to unite with fringe extremists who have actively called for their executions, Danny. I'm really not sure what the centre ground is between stimulus checks and murdering the political opposition. Aha! So, by your own admission, the Democrats refuse to compromise. On being murdered? Exactly! Well, what about the existence of Jewish space lasers, then? Are the Democrats supposed to compromise on that belief of Taylor Greens as well? Don't call them Jewish space lasers, Sam. You know as well as I do that's childish nonsense and it belittles and undermines the story. That particular secretive government programme has a proper name, you know. Oh yeah, and what's that? The Death Star of David. And it's very real. Danny, this is fucking ridiculous. If Marjorie Taylor Greene truly represents the future of the GOP, and Kevin McCarthy's refusal to strip her of her committee position certainly seems to be an endorsement of this horseshit, then America is in a very dangerous place indeed. But it's always been in a very dangerous place, Sam. That's what MTG and I have been saying for years. Just look around. It's fucking terrifying. Jesus, Danny, where the hell are you? Exactly where you told me to go, mate. This is the parallel Earth where all of MTG's paranoid fears are manifested. It's mad! I've not seen any child-killing Democrat Satanists yet, but there's a fucking buttload of goblins and dragons and weird cats made of fire. Yeah, that really doesn't sound right. Ooh, hello, big boy! Do you challenge me, Planeswalker? Danny, which Earth are you on exactly? I 
told you. The MTG one. Delta Tango Kaladesh 13. Yeah, that's a very different MTG, Danny. The fuck are you on about? Well, I'm as surprised as anybody that they're real, but you're in one of the Magic the Gathering universes. What the fuck's Magic the Gathering? Well, I've never played it. I was obviously always far too busy having sex with girls. But it's essentially a deck-building strategic card game pitting different elemental magics against each other in a bid to summon monsters and use them to wipe out the opposing Planeswalker's health total. I accept your challenge. Prepare to be destroyed. Fucking hell, Sam, what do I do? I don't know, Danny, again. I was very popular at school. Just a total guess, plucked entirely out of thin air, but maybe tap an island for blue mana and cast dispel? God, you're a fucking dork. I'm Danny Sutcliffe, and I'm pegging it from this fucking dragon, reporting for IC News. Hey, where are you going? You can't do that. We haven't even finished the summon next yet. God, what a little bitch. I was going to enchant Chandra's Embercat with life and everything. There was some positive news in the fight against coronavirus this week here in Britain, as the Bank of England projected that the economy would bounce back strongly later in the year as a result of the UK's vaccination efforts. But with the furlough scheme due to end in April, the financial support for businesses devastated by the pandemic is soon to dry up entirely. That will inevitably lead to further job losses and a significant uptake in the number of Brits claiming universal credit. The Chancellor is facing pressure to extend and even make permanent the £20 increase to the benefit that he unveiled last April as part of his Covid relief measures. And this week, leading health organisations co-signed a letter to Boris Johnson, warning him that cutting it would harm the health of millions of people for decades to come. Here's Tom King with more. Benefits and the Conservative Party. They go together like chalk and cheese or Marilyn Manson and consent. The Tories hate giving them out and they fucking love taking them away. As a general rule of thumb, you can trust just about any old Etonian in British politics to harbour a raging bonk on at the thought of wielding poverty as a cudgel. It's a useful tool for beating the public into economic productivity. It's the conservative mantra, and for them, it's as true today as it's ever been. Remember the good old days of this crisis, when Rishi Sunak appeared on telly every 24 hours or so, promising us all that the government would be throwing its arms around the poorest people in the country. You don't see much of him anymore, and it's because he's not a fucking idiot. Sunak took the profile boost and political capital he earned as the handsome poster boy of the Tory drive to save the economy, and he banked it for a future leadership campaign on a rainy day. It's a political nest egg that he's been warming with his arse ever since, but the time to pay the piper is rapidly approaching, and all of a sudden Rishi Sunak's gone camera shy. It's easy to flash the cash and impress the ladies but it's much harder to actually pick up the tab at the end of the night. The bill for the government's Covid relief measures is coming due, and it remains to be seen just how Boris Johnson's Tories are going to mishandle our economic recovery. Will we take advantage of historically low interest rates to borrow and rebuild through investment in public services and infrastructure, like an optimistic and forward-facing post-wartime Britain, Or will we see a return to the ineffective austerity of old? 
heaping misery on countless millions in the hope that the Tory voting British public will fall for the old trick again. Pointing the finger of blame at the scroungers and the freeloaders, smoking their smartphones and drinking away their flat screen TVs. Get a job, you layabouts. Never mind that you had one and then we closed your workplace. That's nothing but a cheap excuse. When you factor in the government's track record so far with all of its wasteful spending, trade-crippling ideological crusades and blatant corruption, it's pretty fucking difficult to remain optimistic about the choice they'll make. The economic damage of Brexit is a stinking turd that's already becoming hopelessly tangled in the arse air of this pandemic. It's impossible to truly measure just how massive a splash it would have caused had it been free to fall into the toilet bowl of Britain's economy all by itself. If cuts have to be made, it'll be the pandemic's fault rather than the consequence of Boris Johnson putting on his Brexit boxing gloves and punching the economy square in the bollocks. Taking away the £20 uplift in universal credit payments was always going to sting for the Chancellor. It's impossible to claw it back without appearing like a monster for the simple reason that the British public now know full well that it was never overly generous. In fact, it was a positively miserly increase to a benefit that's already pathetically threadbare compared to the safety net of other developed nations. For millions of people suffering financial insecurity under this pandemic, it's meant the difference between going without and just about managing. Ripping that away from them now risks harming both public health and wider society for a generation. Without that extra 20 quid, we're looking at a future where a third of Britain's children will be growing up in relative poverty by 2024. Call me a cynic, but that just doesn't really feel like levelling up to me. The problem for Rishi Sunak and the Tories in general is that their traditional boogeyman of the freeloading benefits claimant is an image that simply does not ring true in the middle of a pandemic. Businesses collapsing in the face of Covid have sent unemployment soaring. Hundreds of thousands of people, actual people who vote and everything, who would never normally have even claimed benefits have been left dependent on universal credit. They've rapidly found out that it plugs the gap between a full working income and abject poverty about as well as a wad of chewing gum would have helped the Titanic. The temporary £20 increase has been a lifeline, but it's a lifeline that's always been necessary. If it's impossible for a newly struggling professional to survive without it now, then it was always impossible for the cartoon doll scum that only actually exist in conservative wank fantasies to manage without it. Over the last year, more and more of us have been forced to see just how difficult life on benefits in Britain truly is, and the propaganda has become just that little bit less believable. Could we build back better after all of this with the right priorities in mind? Of course we could. But with the party of austerity in charge, the best we can hope for is probably just another round of brutal cuts. Oh, and a lecture about bootstraps and personal responsibility, mumbled into our faces with breath that reeks of caviar and bullshit. I'm Tom King, and I'd probably only spend it on scratch cards anyway. Reporting for IC News.
Cheerful stuff there from Tom King. Not sure if you heard it, but in the background, I'm pretty sure that was Ken Loach ejaculating on a kestrel. I'm sure it'll all be fine. That report brings us to the end of our broadcast. As always, we'll be back next week, big boy, so keep our side of the bed warm for us. For now, you can roll over and post-coitally enjoy the headlines you may have missed. Ex-Love Island contestant and Dr Alex George is appointed as the government's mental health ambassador. Because if there's one institution that's got their approach to mental health right over the last few years, it's Love Island. Russian opposition figure Alexei Navalny is jailed for three years against a backdrop of growing protests against Vladimir Putin, meaning he'll at least have a few thousand mates for company in the Gulag soon enough. Leader of the National Test and Trace programme and walking bewildered clusterfuck of a woman, Dido Harding, claims nobody could possibly have foreseen that the coronavirus would do exactly what viruses always do and mutate as the pandemic developed. But what can you expect? This is a woman who thought the second act of Titanic was the biggest plot twist since the sixth sense. And finally, a chameleon thought to be the smallest reptile on Earth has been discovered on the island of Madagascar. Tiny, cold-blooded and constantly disappearing into the background, Labour leader Keir Starmer hailed the discovery as a great day for science. You've been listening to IC News. Thank you and goodbye. You've just been listening to the IC News Podcast. If you enjoyed it, please don't forget to help us spread the word. Only with your support can we reach more people and build a larger audience. Every episode of IC News is written and produced by Sam Gore. Every week we feature guest voices from the UK stand-up circuit. Check out the podcast description to find out who you've been listening to. They're all very funny people, and you should check out their stuff. The IC News main theme is written and performed by Eddie French and the graphic design for the show is by Chunchy.com. Any additional music in the show will always be properly credited in the podcast description, so if you hear something you like, please check that out and support the independent artists who offer their work to shows like ours. Hello again. It's me, Danny Sutcliffe. I'm here today with a right bargain for you. And no, it's not just the mystery me I've got in the back of me van. Although that is also primo stuff, so meet me behind our bins and flash your full beams if you're interested. If you haven't joined our Patreon yet, we've got a special offer for you. Sign up now as one of our early bird supporters and you can get access to all of our exclusive content for just £2 a month. If you want bonus podcast sketches, compilation episodes and ICU stories, this is the cheapest you're ever going to get them. You've got to be quick though, this deal is limited to the first 500 patrons and they'll get snapped up quick. It's the best way to show your support for the show and you'll be helping us to grow moving forwards. As always, thank you for all of your support and we hope you enjoy the show. And no, it's not badger meat. And if Brian May tries to tell you otherwise, he's a fucking liar. <laughs>